You're about to listen to the IC News podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Please don't forget, our show can only succeed with your support. Tell your friends. Share the link around on social media. Leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And while we have your attention, take a second to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll get a brand new episode each and every Saturday. If you're enjoying the show enough to want to support it, check out the link to our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash I see you stories. For just a pound or so a month, you'll get early access to every episode of the show as soon as it's finished, as well as early access to the Monday stories on the I see you Facebook page. You're listening to I see news, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Hurricane Laura devastates Louisiana and kills six people, but the worst fears of a surging 20-foot wall of moisture are avoided after Ben Shapiro has flown in to flirt with her. Prime Minister Boris Johnson hires a personal trainer to help him lose weight, meaning he'll now be adding burpees and push-ups to the hundred U-turns he performs a day. Harry Maguire is to appeal his conviction after being found guilty of assault in Greece, in just another example of an England footballer putting up a shit defence in Europe. And finally, 50,000 Scottish salmon escape after Stormellon damages holding pens at a farm near Campbelltown. Typical ungrateful Scottish salmon, thinking they'd be better off with their independence. Hello and welcome, I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News, the only network brave enough to sing the first bit of Land and Hope and Glory loudly and proudly, before mumbling the rest because it's never known the fucking words and frankly couldn't care less. If you want the stories from across the multiverse, you've come to the right place. Are you bored of the news when it comes from just one plane of existence? Of course you are. It's boring, dull, grey and uninspiring. Actually, that reminds me. In what was undoubtedly the biggest political story of the week here on Earth Prime, the Liberal Democrats voted in Ed Davey as their new leader, heralding a shining new dawn for the centre ground of British... Oh, God, sorry, no, it just never gets old. Uh, literally no one cares. The Lib Dem front bench could meet up in a Mini Cooper these days and still be perfectly socially distanced. The biggest political story of the week, funnily enough, was not about the latest uninspiring slice of human milk toast who's just been voted to eat shit as the pointless middle of Britain's political human centipede. Instead, all eyes were on America instead, and the Jonestown 2.0 of the Republican National Convention. It's been a hell of a week for the prologue of the Second American Civil War, as protests erupted once more over yet another police shooting, this time that of Jacob Blake. As tensions rose, thanks in part to a Republican Party and right-wing media determined to recast the political upheaval as anarchist terrorism, two people were shot dead in Kenosha by a 17-year-old wannabe vigilante who has since been charged with murder. Put simply, it's all getting a bit testy, which is why we sent a correspondent who's always willing to put himself in harm's way to find out more. With a report from the last day of the convention itself, we go now to our perpetually disposable correspondent, Rob Mulholland. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives and your future. Don't let them...
them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Thanks, Sam. I'm Rob17, and as the latest incarnation of the network's original Rob Mulholland, I come from a world that's very averse to hyperbole. Try to bear that in mind as I tell you that the Republican National Convention this week has been the single most insane fucking thing I've ever seen. The voice you just heard leading into this report was that of Kimberly Guilfoyle, the girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr. and the result of an evil stepmother from a Disney film face-planting into a bucket full of racist cocaine. That was the most measured and rational she sounded over a full six minutes of unhinged hate preaching, and she was far from the most bonkers contributor we heard from. This has been like no Republican convention in history, and not just because of the unusual circumstances. With no live audience to play off thanks to the pandemic, we've been treated to the starkest of lies without any padding to cushion their impact. It wasn't just a theatrical campaign pageant, it was four nights of insane Trump-based fanfiction, with a line of frothing and unhinged sycophants lining up to rewrite history and paint him as the saviour of America. We heard over and over again how he's vanquished the coronavirus and saved the economy. This was despite the fact that both of these situations are currently so horrendously fucked that if the videos of said fuckings ever ended up on Pornhub, the site would take them down before the police even told them to. For a start, a full half of the convention's keynote speakers were members of Trump's own family. We even heard from Tiffany, for God's sake, and she's the daughter her dad doesn't even fantasise about shagging on her birthday. When you have an entire political movement to pick from and you still prioritise Eric Trump as a speaker, a man who could put a fucking colander over his head and suffocate, there's a tiny chance you might be dipping into North Korean levels of nepotism. Trump's attempts to paint Joe Biden as asleep at the wheel backfired spectacularly at the Democratic convention just a couple of weeks ago. Republicans set the bar for Biden so low that all he needed to do to clear it was not fall physically asleep on live television. Was his speech the most rousing piece of political rhetoric America had ever heard? Of course not. This is still Joe Biden we're talking about. But it was fine, and he managed to appear perfectly lucid and present a vaguely coherent vision for his future of the country. Biden's basic competence was enough to kick the wheels off Trump's clown car, and it set the stage for a Republican convention for the ages. It was a parade of narcissism, projection, and lies from the outset, with Trump himself painting a grim picture of America and continuing to tout baseless conspiracy theories about postal vote fraud. For all the promises of how this convention would present a positive vision for America's future, all the talk was of an apparently lawless hellscape currently burning to the ground, without any admission of the fact that Trump himself is the one who's overseen it all. Sleepy Joe was nowhere to be heard. Instead, just about every speaker pivoted to label Biden as a far-left socialist who wants to let communists destroy America while wanking off with a copy of the anarchist cookbook. The potential preservation of the neoliberal order at the hands of the most vanilla moderate the establishment has ever produced is now, in the eyes of Trump's loyalists at least, a terrifying prospect on par with Chairman Mao's great leap forward. 
It was mental and more racially charged than that scene in the Green Mile where they electrocute the big lad. Remember the two millionaires who stepped out of their mansion to point guns at Black Lives Matter protesters in Portland? Yep, you guessed it, we heard from them, talking about lawlessness in the suburbs. It wasn't a racist dog whistle. It was a giant fucking neon sign and its message to Republican voters couldn't be clearer. Blacks and liberals are coming for your way of life, so grab your guns and get ready to defend yourselves. It's an inflammatory tactic that ended in tragedy in Kenosha this week and the worst is yet to come. The aim of all this insanity couldn't be clearer. Trump is not going to accept the result of any election that doesn't return him as president. Trump is terrified by his current polling figures and the legal troubles looming for him on his post-presidency horizon, and he doesn't care if bloodshed on the streets come November is the only thing that protects him from them. The Republican Party no longer have a platform or a policy between them that isn't based on voter suppression or mindless fealty to their naked emperor. When Trump jokes about 12 more years, you better believe he means it. This week's carnival of fascist propaganda was just the prelude leading up to it. I'm Rob17, and what do you know? I've actually survived my report for once, reporting for IC News. But then, I'm a white man at the Republican National Convention, so that's hardly surprising, is it? Hey, kitty! Ah, fuck, here comes Eric. <laughs> Eric wants cuddle. No, Eric, put me, put me down! Be gentle, Christ! Ah, you're stronger than you look! <laughs> Eric likes cuddle. Uh, Big squeeze! Uh, Big squeeze! President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, Leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream. The best is yet to come. When it comes to toppling your political opponents, there is, of course, more than one way to skin a cat. If discrediting your rivals by blaming them for the very violence you caused currently erupting in your country doesn't go far enough, you can always just try and bump them off in a more conventional fashion. This week, the Kremlin ruled out the prospect of an investigation into the apparent poisoning of opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who remains in a coma in a Berlin hospital. It's always important to have a local expert opinion on matters of international news, which is why we've prepared this report from our network's Russian correspondent. Ah, oh, hello there. You caught me how you say, off guard. I was just enjoying nice hot cup of tea. It's important in these troubled times to find space for calming moments. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alexander Notobot. I am correspondent for Free Russian Press and absolutely not secret agent of state intelligence services. I enjoy normal journalist things like coffee and notepads and stoking flames of culture war for profit. But what is most important to me is truth. Truth about Mother Russia. Which is why today I speak to rebuff scandalous claims made in Western press about my country. 
You will have heard lots of noise in recent days about apparent poisoning of Russian leader of opposition. It is very sad story, but in Russia we have saying, do not count chickens before government shoot you in back of head. This is loose translation. It means truth is subjective and not always clear, like vodka that tastes of diesel and makes you go blind. In Russia, we are all very sad about sudden illness of Alexei Navalny, even though he is a very corrupt man who has been charged many times with naughty things. He is also a very clumsy fellow. This is what, sixth or seventh time he drink poison now? Or throw caustic substance in own eyes? He is like Chuckle Brother, or a man from the show of Sooty and Sweep. Excuse me one moment, I am in the middle of putting up shelf. <laughs> Much better. Sorry, it's very squeaky wood. Hush, wood, net. It's very typical of Western media to assume worst case scenario, but you must use common sense. This would not be politically advantageous time to poison leader of Russian opposition. Great leader Vladimir Putin is already dealing with complicated issue of crushing dissent by proxy in Belarus. He is also facing lots more lies from typical American liberals on Republican-led Senate intelligence committees. Honestly, you cannot even stage brazen disinformation campaign without accusation of colluding with Trump these days. It would be... What is phrase? Bunkers like shitting in hands and doing clap to poison Navalny now. It's much more likely that what Russian government suggests is true. Maybe Mr. Navalny is heavy drinker or has metabolic condition. Russian doctors change story and prevent wife from visiting husband in hospital all the time. If we wanted big cover up, we would not have allowed Mr. Navalny to travel to Berlin for treatment, would we? And yes, yes, we know they say he was poisoned, but just because he's maybe poisoned does not mean Putin ordered it. But it is also probably not poison, even though it definitely is. Confused? Don't worry, in Russia, people are always confused. He's fine. Trust me, I am a legitimate journalist and absolutely not propaganda tool of state. It is very unlikely that Putin ordered this terrible thing that did not happen, even though it clearly did. This is just what happens in lawless power structure where agents of chaos assume cruelty as best course of action to appease unpredictable administration. Discord is normal in Russian politics. Do not worry, UK and American friends. The way things are going, you too will soon understand. For now though, I, Alexander Notobot, definite real journalist and not state-sponsored killer cleaning up actions of rogue agents who overstep mark reporting for IC News. There, that's much better. Shelf is level now. Now, if the Republican and Democratic conventions over in the States taught us anything over the course of the last two weeks, it was that patriotism can be a powerfully persuasive tool in terms of winning over voters. It's a lesson that Boris Johnson has learned all too well over here in the UK, as he re-emerged from hibernation this week to feign outrage over some of our most well-known patriotic musical classics. But does he have a point? 
Are we far too embarrassed as a nation about Britain's history? Or is he just a jingoistic sack of turds, hiding his multitude of failings behind the biggest Union Jack he can find? We sent Tom King to a parallel world, where it's not just fine to be proud of your heritage, it's absolutely bloody mandatory. Britain! Great and glorious Britain! A green and pleasant land filled with a proud and generous people with open hearts and stiff upper lips. It's a beautiful, bountiful place to live and I, for one, am sick of all the wet and namby-pamby hand-wringing going on about our storied history. That's right, I'm proud to be British, and nothing those treacherous snowflakes at the BBC say or do will ever be able to make me change my mind. That's because I'm not in Britain back home on Earth Prime. I've travelled the multiverse in search of a patriotic haven, and I've landed here, on Earth Whiskey Robinson Bulldog 82. Here, there's absolutely no room to be anything but patriotic, because when you arrive, you're immediately sedated and then fitted with a neural chip that shocks you the moment you think anything other than patriotic thoughts. Oh, oh, oh Christ, that hurts. Oh, all I thought about was fancying a croissant. Jeez, oh, Fuck! Oh, bacon and eggs! I want bacon and eggs! Phew. Sorry. Oh, God, allow me to compose myself. If you're wondering why I've subjected myself to this, it's a good question, and the answer is simple. It's because back home on Earth Prime, for some reason, one of the biggest stories of the week was such a confected pile of fake white pride Bullshit, you could have packaged it and sold it as a bounty bar. Oh, does that not get me zapped? I get it. I'm slagging off a different Britain to this one where the people are gullible idiots who dance to any tune that resonates with their obsession and our pretend culture war. And of course, feckless waster and all-round fatriot Boris Johnson jumped on the story like it was a blonde 20 years his junior. <laughs> okay, then. <sighs> Looks like criticising Boris just isn't considered patriotic wherever you do it. That feels about par for the course. It won't be long now until, for worse or worse, Britain back on Earth Prime finds itself properly extricated from its ability to blame everything that goes wrong on the bureaucratic machinery of the European Union. That means our right-wing press will soon need a new institution to misrepresent and wag its finger at, all in the name of good old-fashioned and profitable patriotism. This week we found out that the BBC is likely to be a strong candidate for the job. There's an absolute non-story about their chosen playlist for this year's Last Night of the Proms suddenly exploded into completely fabricated controversy. Put simply, the outrage over their decision to opt for orchestral versions of Rule Britannia and Land of Hope and Glory was a load of bollocks. If there were any overly PC concerns about the lyrics, they came second to practical worries about how singing them would sound odd with the acoustics of a venue devoid of an audience. 
It was garbage, a non-story blown out of all proportion by a handful of media hacks who smelt the BBC's blood in the water. And the Prime Minister seized on it because that's what he does. It was just another lie in a telegraph column designed to fire up the gammons and paint him as a patriot. It was a blatant attempt to distract from the fact he's been completely AWOL on any of the issues that actually matter recently. Like, oh, I don't know, the future of our nation's children or the fact his government has now fucked up and turned around more often than Bonnie Tyler on a Lazy Susan. Fucking hell, I knew that was coming. But these fuckers are just so brazen these days that I can't help it. When did the Tories get the monopoly on patriotism? They're the ones that fuck the country up. (laughs) Look, fuck this. It isn't patriotism to buy into this bullshit. (laughs) Rolling green fields, cups of tea, Winston Churchill. (sighs) I remembered India. Fucking hell, no, the Blitz, beating the Nazis, day drinking and question of sport and wearing a poppy with pride. <laughs> what was that for? Oh God, I forgot, we'll be arguing about poppies soon too. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm going to fucking wear one, I'm on the news, I have to. No, I mean, I, I want to. This is Fucking torture. Get the gate open again, will you, Sam? I want to go home. I'm Tom King. (laughs) Oh, bollocks. And I don't see why patriotism has to be this fucking painful reporting for IC News. Tom King there, learning the hard way that sometimes we just need a bit of a prod to remember our place. His report brings us to the end of our scheduled broadcast. Hush now, it's over. Tuck yourself in and close your eyes, and we'll serenade you off to sleep with the headlines you may have missed. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe announces his resignation, citing ill health as the result of a bowel condition making him the only politician in 2020 who hasn't actively benefited from being uncomfortably full of shit. Boris Johnson blames a mutant algorithm for the exam results fiasco, which is one of the nicest things a disappointed blonde has ever called Gavin Williamson. The price of bread may rise after the UK suffers its worst wheat harvest in decades, as the entire country literally runs out of dough in the run-up to a no-deal Brexit. And finally, The government announces that secondary school pupils in local lockdown areas will have to wear face masks in corridors and communal areas, meaning that PE teachers will now have to use even more of their imagination when masturbating to the CCTV. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News podcast. If you enjoyed it, Please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. 
The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours.